This is Dyson Shoe EX, the podcast, episode 180 for the week of June 21st, 2009. Welcome to Dyson Shoe EX, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Dyson Shoe EX. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening. And a little bit of entertaining. Just a little bit this episode, not too much. No, actually, I beg to differ. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of entertaining. Good entertainment. A, a metric crap ton of entertainment. God, you're stealing my phrases, come on. Oh, I'm sorry. It's mine. It's all right. Mary, yo, yo, what's up? Hey, I'm good. Doing swell. Excellent. How about you, Mike? My name is Mike. I'm good. Some people call me Fujito EX, but... But some people are crazy. Some people are crazy. I don't know what they're talking about. It's uh, just going to be you and me for a little bit. We're going to be joined in the middle of the episode by a variety of Times folk. three. Time, yeah. We're going to be multiplied three. by three later on. Very, very interesting. Uh, so this is Dragon Ball Podcast. Talk about Dragon Ball things. I'm hoping that we're going to get some uh, new audience members through an interview we're going to be doing in the middle of the show. It's kind of a follow-up to something we started a year ago when Team Four Star released the first episode. Episode of DBZ Abridged. Here we are a year later. Where are they now? <laughs> Where are they now? Behind the scenes, DBZ Abridged. <laughs> behind the music. Behind, behind the fan parody. Behind the fan parody. That's what you call it. Yeah, so we're going to be checking in with them. We'll get to that. Let's talk about what's going on the rest of this episode. I already told you we're going to do an interview. More details to come. Just you and I right now. We do have a song to share with people. Yes. Been doing this for a little over a month now. And I'm I think. actually quite surprised it's still going on that you have enough content to um, Me too. sustain this little segment. It is a nice way to mix things up. I was expecting to only have maybe three weeks of stuff, and then I had another one, then I had another one, then someone sent something new, and hey, it's still going. I fully expect it to end every week. Maybe it will end this week. I don't know. We'll see where it goes from here. So we're going to share a song with you. We got news. We got crazy news to share with you this week. Uh, a lot of it's follow-up to stuff from last week, but more information, more news, more crazy shit going down. So that's news. We got some releases. We got an email. We are giving away the Dragon Soul CD single this weekend. Yes, more stuff to give away. Exciting. Mary, the poster that comes with it, we finally opened it up and we actually framed ours. Yeah, we're actually going to have to take some photos of how our basement's shaping up because it is Dragon Ball Central down there, or will be. We've got a lot of figures up there right now, but we bought a bunch of poster frames over the weekend for, um, I think I mentioned this last week, actually, or maybe the week before. We have a DBZ Movie 13 poster and Kai poster, yada, yada, yada. So finally, because Michaels is having a super awesome sale on poster (laughs) frames, and this is not a plug because I think the sale's over like today or, or Monday. Uh, we stocked up big time, and now it all looks super sleek and Dragon Ball geeked out. It's funny. You know, it's totally geeky down there, which is pretty much the only room in the new house that is that style. That Over the top. That we've allowed to get there. The but, loft is almost there. But it's very professionally done. Like, they're nicely framed geeky posters. It's a tastefully done, geeked out den that I'll only be ashamed when it's time to, like, sell this house years and years down the line. Oh, right. And I'd probably want to <laughs> take them down and paint all the walls right white. Because right now the walls are, like, Dragon Ball-ish. And Orange. we didn't do it that way. <laughs> the house, you know, was like that when we purchased it. And I was thinking, you know what? It's very Dragon Ball-esque down here. That's orange and yellow walls. And it's going to look pretty nice with the posters up against 
the walls, which is why we really need to take some photos. Mary. Yeah. Let's talk about music. Let's. All right. So we've been doing this segment for a couple months. Like I said, I don't know if it's song of the week, tune of the week, something we're sharing every week and then it goes up for download, whatever you want to call it. We've been doing this thing where uh, people have sent us their original compositions of music, whether they're remixes or something uh, inspired by Dragon Ball. We've had some great stuff from VTech over in Spain. We had Scott Morgan, who actually worked with Falconer Productions on the dub of DBZ, do a reimagination of something from the original score. I'm really happy and really pleased to share this stuff. We have another submission this week from someone who's actually on our forum. And I, I think we even read an email from them uh, maybe a couple weeks ago. And I got a debita. I'm actually uh, I, yes. I'm getting it down. I'm doing well here. So he sent... Best username ever. <laughs> it is pretty good. He sent in uh, the song and actually the backing remix music to something that I did see on YouTube a while ago. Uh, I guess he's been doing this fan parody series called, uh, and it pains me to use this name, but it's, since that's how it's written, I'll say it, Corin and Yajirobe, kind of following the adventures of these two characters, uh, fan parody series, which I honestly, beyond what we're about to play, I haven't had a chance to see yet, so I'll definitely have to check it out. But this song is called The Rap Battle. Now, we're going to play the song for you. I, I really recommend that you go check out the video as well. There's a lot of great photoshopped moments that you simply must see to believe. Absolutely. Good stuff in there. So I'm about to play for you the rap battle by Corin and Yajirobe. There is bad language in there. Not that I didn't already say shit this episode, but there's uh, an exponentially larger amount of that stuff during the song. Couple of F-bombs. Couple in there. Uh, I don't necessarily condone it, but it's funny. There's backing stuff too. So let me play it for you now and then we'll talk about it. Yajirobe, I need you to clean hey, up a little bit. Oh God, what are you doing? What? Please put your legs down. I can see plenty of butt cheeks. Nobody wants to see that. Except for maybe like one guy on the internet. Oh, sorry, dude. What is it? What do you, what do you do? What is that? This is this is a boombox. I've been oh. practicing. Oh. I've been practicing my. I want to have a free. I want to have freestyle rap battle with you. Rap battle? I don't think you know what you're getting yourself into yet, Jerome. I, I don't think you know what you're getting yourself into. Corin Sama, come. If that is your real name. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, I think you know exactly what I'm talking about, Corin. Suck it, bitch. I'm a rap master. Conversely, you are a rap disaster. Face the facts, you got nothing on me. You suck worse than a live action movie. I'll be spitting lines you won't understand at all. The only thing that you'll spit is a fucking hairball. Sick of water's more legit than your rapping skills. When I'm on the mic, I'll give the audience chills. Cause I'm cooler than Frieza, more fly than the Nimbus. You can't even come close to skills like this. I should call you Yamcha, cause you'll never win. Or maybe just Yakon, cause you're uglier than Sin. I should probably keep it simple. Yeah, that'll do. You're annoying and rude, and you smell bad too. I would call you more names, but it's starting to get old. Besides, there's no way I'd top Harmony Gold. Eh, it wasn't bad. I mean, as far as a complete utter lack of talent and skill can be not bad, but okay, yeah. Let's see you do better. Alright, here we go. Your lines are more foul than your ass have to dare me. My rhymes are so good that it's actually scary. They'll make you piss your pants. They'll turn your face pale. Well, ten times worse than when you cut the genus tail. You can't stop me. I can do this for hours. Now tell me why the fuck they used to live in my tower. It's been years. I never said that you can. I'm gonna live in the fat white chick. I'd ask Roseanne. Your dick is about as big as Mark Satan's self-respect. My love muscles longer than five minutes on Namek. You're pathetic and weak and fruity, too. You probably like it better living with General Blue. So don't say that you can beat me because you know that you can't if you don't, you're more clueless than a Naruto fan. <laughs> What's that? You cowering in fear? Wait, what the fuck? Hey, somebody's here! It's time for 
you assholes who've been in all hope. I'm Goku, niggas. I'll slap your fucking throat. If you thought you would win, you would live in a lie. Cause freestyle without me is practically a crime. Punishable by death. I'm the judge and the jury. I ain't about to lose to a famine in a furry. You think it's so hard, but you don't fool me. You say you're a cat, but you're really a pussy. Catch a ruby, man. I've never seen a body so deformed. With an ass so big and wide, I'll make a Zaru transform. You two against me? There's nothing you can do. My left foot alone is more experienced than you. I beat Eminem for Pilaf and MC Chase. Tupac, Pool and LL Cooler J. Being in his battle, shit, you could try it, but your chances are as likely to catch on a diet. Like Chatwin from the trailers, you're not ready for this. As Krillin might say, you're gonna be Mondo dissed. We're about to own you worse than Frieza Digipaw, that's right, mother- <laughs> Fusion, huh? You're going down, down little boy, I'm destined to destroy you. We've all the way to court and got your Let me tell you. And no, it's not a trick, you're missing more of the picture than Funimation's on your brick. Should've thought about this before you climbed the tower. Only using 1% of my first style and power. I ride for a mouth and like to kick your dumb It reminds me of the time that I spent with your mama. When I rap, it's fresh with no filler like Kai. I got skills you can't touch no matter how hard you try. You think you got the stuff, but I have to disagree. That belief has more holes in the plot of GT. Just the you have it, you might as well give up. Cause your only hope to win is for me to slip up. But if that's what you're waiting for, don't hold your breath. I'm Kara Jerome, the instrument of your death. Mary, we've got a couple guys from Team Four Star coming on later in the episode, so I think it worked out well to have kind of a fan parody song. All fans all the time. On this episode, anyway. Played it's great. in this episode, absolutely. I was saying to you before we started recording, what I like about this video, because it is visuals along with the audio, is like Team Four Star, it goes after very different kinds of fans. Which is good, because the more people you can reach out to, the more, the more everyone can relate to the same uh, piece of fan work. Right. I mean, there's things in there, like the orange sets that that's a great reference to put in there mark satan uh, another great super exciting guide reference if you follow our show you know what's going on with that uh, a pool was in there uh, of course tugging at my heartstrings there instant favorite with a mention of a pool so i'm very much down with that kind of uh, selective referencing here and there so very very big thanks for sharing that with us if you head over to the music download section of daizenshu ex we're going to have an mp3 of the rap battle as you just heard it as well as the backing remix which is a remix of genuine Dragon Ball music, so I'm really, really excited to share that with everyone. Yeah, the background music was really fun. I didn't actually even notice it until maybe three quarters of the way through because I, w- I was too busy listening to the lyrics and I didn't really pay much attention to the background. And then when I realized it was just, you know, a piece of Dragon Ball music from the original Japanese version with some beats laid on top of it, I thought, oh, that's a nice touch. I like the attention to detail. Let me actually read you a little bit from the email here uh, from Inagata Dabita. I'm doing so well with that. I can't believe how well I'm saying that name. Uh, that talks about the music a little bit. The music consists almost entirely of sampled and remixed music from the anime, which was originally composed by Shunsuke Kikuchi. Marine Mech X2 is the head of a music album project in progress labeled Technique Tracks Volume 2. The team consists of Jonathan Reynolds himself, Raphael Smart, and Diamonds, with the I being an exclamation point, uh, very own Rosa Tavanis, Tavanis? The music styles of TTV2 is almost completely diverse, but 100% original. The album itself has many awaiting fans. So uh, the person who's responsible for the remixing of this music involved in the project, which you should probably check out if you like the remixing stylings here. So very big thanks for sharing that. I am very excited to share it with all of you in turn. So with the song of the week out of the way, why don't we turn it over to the news? 
Let's get the easy stuff out of the way first. We noticed that the Kodotan Pack CD, which was supposed to be coming out in July for Dragon Ball Kai, was going to be a kind of a repackaging of music. It was set to contain at least the opening and the ending and come with some kind of booklet. It has been canceled if you're going by the CD Japan listing. No more release date. It just says release canceled. And that's all she wrote on that. Maybe they're going to find some other crazy way to market this music. I don't know. I- it seems like so much overboard to have one month opening, one month closing, the next month, a repackaging of what just came out those two prior months. So um, in some respects, I'm always glad they canceled it. But I do feel bad for the people who pre-ordered the Korochan pack and not the singles, now had that canceled on them, now don't get a chance to go back and get the, the cool pre-order items that came with the original oh, CD singles. that sucks. So, sucks to be fans sometimes. That's the stuff we deal with. Let's keep going with Kai. We are talking about the Blu-ray releases. We told you a little bit about this last week, how the first Blu-ray was set to come out on September 18th. It was going to have episodes 1 through 3. It was going to be 3,045 yen on Blu-ray, and there's also a standard DVD coming out, which would be 1995 yen. Now, we learned a a lot more about this. The first set for the Blu-ray release of multiple discs, multiple episodes, is due out on October 23rd, and it's going to contain episodes 4 through 15. What? Yeah, so 1 through 3, if you want those, you have to get the first individual volume on either Blu-ray or DVD. Very, very strange. We've seen a lot of you know, disc plus box releases here in the U.S., I don't know of any precedent for this kind of style. This is of weird. I don't know where they're going with this, and I can't say I understand the point. Well, let me Unless they're going. trying to um, release that first disc with like some super crazy expensive extra, like maybe a figure. No, or something? no, not even I, the. I think the first pressing comes with a music video and a promo video for or creditless versions or something. Mm. I, I'll get to that. Let me keep going here. Very interesting details. So there are going to be no individual Blu-ray releases beyond Volume 1, but there will be individual DVD releases. Right now, up through Volume 10 has been announced so far, and all of those are going to be the same 1995 Vienna Pop. So it's just about $20 dead on right there. So let's talk about the Blu-ray sets then. We have three that are dated so far. They're coming at appropriate times, you know, wherever the individual DVDs will be. That's when that Blu-ray set will come out. So the first one there is on October 23rd. The next one's going to be on February 19th, so we're getting into 2010. And then the third will be April 23rd. All of these three sets, they are listed at 16,960 yen. Although right now, Amazon's got a really good pre-order of 11,810 yen. So you're saving a good amount of money there. About 50 bucks. Yeah, let's break this down because people... uh, Tens of thousands of yen, that's crazy. The rule of thumb is you just move the decimal point to the left two spots. It's very approximate, but where the exchange rate is right now... It's close It's pretty close. So 16,960 yen, you're looking at about 170. 170. Right. So if you knock that pre-order price over, you're looking at about 120. So like you said, 50 bucks, that's not a bad deal. So what I'm confused about is that if you're purchasing the Blu-ray releases, so you're stuck with this disc one single, and then you're stuck with these three sets. So are the first three episodes going to be repeated on that first set, do you think? No, like I said... Or are you SOL? No, the first set is specifically detailed as containing episodes 4 through 15. That's so weird. Isn't it? Very strange. Let 
let me keep going. So the extras on the first set, we know about this. There's going to be a promo video for Raging Blast, which is the new uh, PS3 360 game coming out later this year, and creditless versions of the opening and ending. So pretty standard extras, but good stuff on there. This is the big, big shocker. Very, very prominently listed on the Blu-ray sets in the description of what's contained on there. 4 by 3 aspect ratio. That defeats the purpose of what this thing is. <laughs> not that I agree with what this thing is. I'm not a fan of the widescreening in any capacity. Right. But by 4 by 3 you don't mean that the video is 4 by 3 It's going to be including the black bars and is a 4 by no, 3 video. No, not necessarily. The way that this is described on uh, kind of the listings for the things is that as opposed to the cropped TV broadcast, this will be a full four by three aspect ratio. This almost contradicts everything we've known and learned about the series up through the first time we heard about Kai. As far as we know, it was widescreen from the start. They were doing the remastering in widescreen 16 by nine for TV. But from the sounds of this, that's not true. They did it at the full aspect ratio, cropped it to 16 by 9 for TV, and now for the, the home, home release, release, getting back to the original 4 by 3 Now, I want to clarify something for people, because if you're not big on the techie understanding, you may not understand this. 4 by 3 does not inherently mean standard definition, and high definition does not inherently mean 16, 16 by, by 9 You can have 16 by 9 video that is standard definition. Right. Like an anamorphic DVD is just 720 by 480 480p, that is a standard definition, low, low resolution, I guess you could say, uh, 16 by 9 aspect ratio. You can have a 4 by 3 1080p encode, and when it's played back on a 16 by 9 display monitor, it will have what they call pillar bars on the left and right to basically frame it back to that 4 by 3 aspect ratio. So, we know that there is Kai coming high def in 4 by 3. How crazy is this? I don't know what to make of it, and frankly, I do not have an opinion on it because. I've I've only been half paying attention to this news piece, and now that we're actually sitting and talking about it, I'm only fully grasping that 4x3 doesn't necessarily mean it has the black bars on it, and it's still 4x3, it's full screen. So I'm kind of dumbfounded, and I really can't say one way or the other how I feel about it. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this turns out. I, I gotta say, I'm very happy and almost ecstatic that there's a company taking the lead with Yes, we are going to present this in high definition in its intended aspect ratio. And sure, that's a jab at Funimation. Say whatever you want about us and our feelings on that, whatever. But that's honestly how it is. But to release this as 4x3 after making such a big deal about the new high def 16x9 aspect ratio for TV... It's so inconsistent that it's kind of annoying. It's, like, why broadcast <laughs> yeah. it in 16 by 9 and then do the home release in 4 by 3 I don't get what they stand to accomplish by doing that. I, I don't know what their train of thought is. Like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to end up. I've already got the first Blu-ray on pre-order. I'm looking forward to seeing it come in in uh, September. So we'll let you know anything and everything that we learn about it as it goes on. So let's leave Japan behind for now, bring it back over to the U.S. Another follow-up to something we talked about last week. More information, more shenanigans going on. So last week we told you that Walmart's website updated with a listing for, quote, Dragon Ball Season 1 widescreen with a release date of September 15th, 
and a retail price of $49.99. Other online retailers suddenly started listing that original saga of Goku, which was the uh, 1995 dub by Funimation, as distributed by Lionsgate, as discontinued and unavailable. Now, coincidentally, at the same time, a convention was taking place, Anime Next, and people, because the internet is how it is, people at the con write about the news, and they ask a representative there, what's going on with this? And the response was that it was, quote, a mistake. Very interesting. So here we are this week with Walmart not only updating with cover art for this release, but also cover art for individual releases of the Bardock and Trunks TV specials, which was seemingly uh, the remastered double feature versions as individual releases at a cheaper price, about 10 bucks. Wow, a that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Ten, that, that's about right. That is about right. So... What is this a mistake? It's not a mistake. It just sounds like really poor timing. I mean, they probably had to get this info out to retailers like Walmart for, you know, being available in their inventory. Or I don't know. I'm not a retailer. I don't know this stuff. But yeah, it obviously got out there before they had a chance to formally announce it. Maybe they had plans to make an announcement at a con or something and make it a big surprise. Well, it's a surprise now. This totally brings me back to 2006, the leak online of even the cover art for season one remastered Vegeta's Saga complete set. Funimation backing off and saying that nothing to say right now. Here we are, three years later, same thing going on. Very, very interesting. I know we've been talking about this a bit, but if you guys don't know the fuster cluck of history with this original 13 episodes of Dragon Ball, check out the newbie guide on our website, as well as the page in the DVD guide for the original Dragon Ball TV series. You'll learn all about Kidsmark, Trimark, Lionsgate, Funimation, distribution, who owns what, who doesn't know what year, what license runs out. Very, very interesting history. So putting aside the wackiness of um, Walmart and announcements and yada, 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 let's look at this for what it is. The first 13 episodes are finally coming out. Like, when you get down to it, that's pretty freaking cool. It, it is. This will be the first time since Funimation got the license to the series in 1994. Since this series has basically been licensed for North America, we've never had a home release of the first 13 episodes. And the first movie, don't forget that. Uncut in North America. It's 2009 now. 1994 to 2009. 15 years, baby. We've been so, here the whole ride, and we've been keeping an eye on this. Here we go. So not, you know, counting the whole widescreen nonsense. I would love to know what went on behind closed doors with um, Lionsgate and Funimation and the rights and all that. I'm fully convinced no one knows. I hope we will know. I think we as fans have a right to know, only because we're morbidly curious. (laughs) Right, right. We want to know the business side of stuff, because year after year at cons, you know, that question would always come up. Nothing to announce. Nothing to announce. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, did someone pay a lot of money to get it? Did Lionsgate finally say, yeah, you can have it back, we don't really care? Who knows? But here we go again. You said, you know, ignoring the widescreen for a moment, another faux remastered release of the series. This is not what we're looking forward to. And we're just coming off of the GT sets in the Original aspect ratio, four by three. And here we go. I forgot about that. Going back and cropping Dragon Ball again. That's so wildly inconsistent. Welcome to Funimation. I I forgot that GT was um, full screen, actually. Okay, I'm at a loss. (laughs) We'll clearly talk more about this as Funimation decides to publicly acknowledge its existence. And, you know, when it finally comes out, maybe in September. Until then, we have one last bit of news. It's kind of all Funimation news, but tied in with year-end reports and articles that kind of stuff. So Navarre, who is Funimation's parent 
company. Uh, they were bought out a few years ago. They released their annual report earlier this month. And here's a quote from this, Mary. I'd like you to read this for me. All right. It says uh, in this annual report, in particular, one licensed property accounted for $32 million or 46% of Funimation's revenues for the fiscal year ended March 31st, 2009. So one licensed property, huh? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what that one licensed property could possibly be. Is it? I gotta tell you, there were a couple funny responses on my forum to this. One was, don't discount Fruits Basket. No, no, <laughs> you got a point there. I mean, the- but does, isn't the manga the crazy seller for that? Not yeah. the TV version? Yeah. I, I don't know how much we've talked about this before on the show, but Shoujo just does not sell on DVD. Look what happened to Kodocha. Mm-hmm. Uh, then what again, those single releases before they got to the box sets. But something else another person brought up was Afro Samurai, which did crazy well. We kind of discount that as being not fake anime because it's genuine anime, but you know, Spike TV, really mainstream video games. That did pretty good for itself too. But I'm fairly convinced this is Dragon Ball. I wouldn't be surprised if something like Afro Samurai is maybe in second place. Right, right. For um the fiscal year or something like that, but I'm starting to forget when that actually came out. But with what we've heard from Funimation with how well the season box sets do and the video games, we know that when Atari had it, half of Atari's money came from Dragon Ball, which half of that money they had to give to Funimation, it has to so be So what Dragon you're saying Ball. is that maybe this half, <laughs> half of it could be Atari's half of money. Half is TPZ video game money. I, I don't know. Let's uh, keep going on here. I know I've mentioned this in the past, but Gen Fukunaga still hasn't hit his super awesome bonus payout. So when Navar acquired Funimation, they had uh, basically a retention agreement with Gen Fukunaga, who's the president and CEO of Funimation. So between March 2006 and 2010, if Funimation exceeds $60 million in what they call earnings before interest and tax, uh, he would get a bonus payout. It would be equal to 5% of that, but it couldn't exceed $4 million. And every time they release an annual report, they say, well, they have been saying they have not achieved this level. There's no indication on how close they are, but they haven't hit that number yet. Hmm. Interesting. I'm just putting that out there. The last thing, and this is directly related to Dragon Ball, had nothing to do with their annual report, but ICV2 had an article up about Funimation, uh, I think last week. Random note in the middle of the article, Funimation has acquired or extended their license on the Dragon Ball franchise for another five years. What's interesting to me about this is that you don't really stop and think, oh yeah, that's, that kind of thing needs to get renewed. Right. I, I right. would just assume, yeah, Funimation has Dragon Ball and that's the end of it. <laughs> like, know. for all eternity. Exactly. You know, we're always hearing about, oh, so-and-so company lost their license on whatever property. Who is it? CPM that's selling off, liquidating their licenses now. You don't stop to think that Funimation will not always have Dragon Ball, most likely. They have to keep paying for this over time. And the thing that really got to me was, we have no idea when this would have run up, when this new five years starts, and when this new five years will end. We know nothing about this, and we don't Well, if this was a bit of news, then one would assume it was just... True. Started. Or would be in like 2010, something like that. Uh, maybe it ties in with Gen Fukunaga's retention agreement, something like that. 2010 seems to be this big number where that double digits that runs up and Atari's thing was going to run up. So that's all the big stuff for the week. I mean, uh, American, Japan, lots of crazy things. Any last notes you want to throw in on that before we move on? No. Okay. <laughs> Apparently not. 
why don't we turn it over to the topic then? I would like to introduce the topic because when we recorded, we just kind of got going with it. It is a year now that the fan parody series DBZ Abridged has Perhaps been you've out. heard of it. Perhaps you've heard of it. A year ago, we had on Kaiser Neko and Lanny Pator on the show. I think it was episode 135. Episode 1 had just come out. We were very excited to watch it. Uh, lots of great nods to different types of fandoms, excellent voice acting and editing. It was great to have them on. So like I said, here we are a year later. The first season is complete. Uh, 10 episodes, although kind of 12 episodes, parts 1, 2, and 3 of episode 10. A lot has changed over the last year. They have a crazy fan base, so we wanted to bring them back, uh, talk a little bit about what has happened, what hasn't changed, uh, what kind of experiences they've gained, things they've seen, where we're heading from here. So this week on the show, we are going to have, like I said, Kaiser Neko, who's kind of one of the main writers uh, behind the series, and he's going to be doing some more voices as it moves on. I was also really, really excited to get Masako X, who plays Goku, as well as uh, Gohan and Kamisenin on DBZ Airbridge. He's from the UK. He's got an accent you would never know from his Goku voice. I-, I think he's wonderfully talented. It was great to bring them on, and I don't want to spoil anything else about it, so, uh, Mary, we are going to be joined by Jeff. Yes, and, and Julian. And Julian. Julian piped in a couple times. <laughs> I know it was uh, early in the morning for him. Unfortunately, he couldn't join us to record the rest of the show now. So Jeff and Julian will be with us, along with Kaiser Neko and Masako X. So why don't I turn it over to the interview right now? So here we are at the interview portion of the show. It's very strange because we're actually recording this first and we're going to go back and do some podcasting magic and have an entire show. It'll be amazing. So what I would like to do is go around and say who is here because that's probably going to change as we go back and do the rest of the show. My name is Mike Fujito EX. I host this thing and drag people along. Over here to my right, that's Mary. Hiya. Hey. You're I'm s- here. You're still here. Presumably, I, I, I will continue to be here and whatever the previous uh, segments will be. Excellent. Off over in Japan, Julian joins us. How the hell are you doing? I am uh, doing fine today. <laughs> Thank you. No, I'm fine. <laughs> Good to hear. Joining us here in studio is Jeff. What's up, yo? I'm intermittently dragged onto the show. <laughs> I love having you here. Awesome. You bring a mic and XLR cable and a windscreen. I am prepared the, perfect, guest ever. the perfect special guest. You are. I bring my own equipment. That's right. I love you. We are joined by two members of Team Four Star. I think I've already introduced what's going to be going on this episode, but I don't know because it hasn't happened yet. So what I would like to do is just give an introduction and kind of go from there. I have a little bit of an outline, things I want to talk about. But I'm going to kind of leave it freeform, sort of. I don't know what's going to happen. I can't guarantee anything. So hello, Kaiser Neko and Masako X. Hey there. Hey. Uh, why don't you guys say who you are and what you do with Team Four Star and what is Team Four Star for that matter? Um, I guess I'll go first. I'm Kaiser Neko uh, slash Scott. Uh, basically, I'm the director slash head writer and editor of the show. Although when I say director and head writer, that's just, you know, those really are kind of just names. Because when it comes down to it, um, Tuck and Lanny are the t- are my two guys. We always try and throw things past each other first, and never try to make any decisions. You know that would without consulting each other. So um, pretty much the idea of me being a director is all just figurehead. Basically, if if there's scripting going on, I um it, it's basically all three of us have to be there, and I'm usually the one that makes the tougher calls. Uh, like you know which jokes do make it, which jokes don't. 
And I also have the wonderful task of putting everything together. So you're the one that people are bitching at, basically. Yeah, if they don't like how something is edited, I'm the fall guy. Good to know. <laughs> that, yep. That's never happened. Everyone likes what I do. Everyone likes what I do. <laughs> that's, right. that's the mindset you need to have. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm Master Coex, um, a.k.a. Lawrence, and um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm basically the voice actor for Goku, Gohan, and Master Roshi. And sometimes I you know, give you know, Scott some um, little editing advice here and there, and um, get this, I'm the one that mixed the Ghost Snapper song. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff hasn't seen that yet. Snapper. No worries, we'll get to oh, it. No. We you need to time. break that out later after Ooh, the show. That's right. You like it? Absolutely. Sweet. Come on. Who doesn't? It's the big shit on the internet right now. You can, you can tell it's by hand because it's so much better than anything I could make with sound. <laughs> <laughs> No, we, we kind of had a little rivalry. We kind of one-up each other to help like, build up our skills. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. That's good. That's the kind of relationship you need. Now, Scott, you were actually on the show. I looked this up. You were here on episode 135, which was almost exactly one year ago to the date. I think if we did this next week, it would be exactly one year. Darn it, Lanny's going to get that privilege. <laughs> exactly. You had uh, Lanny with you. You were here a year ago. You guys had just released episode one of Dragon Ball Z abridged so much has happened since then and we're gonna get to that in due time but uh, do you have any quick thoughts off the top of your head what has happened to you in the last year i have gotten it i've gotten to know so many wonderfully talented and just wonderful in general people i mean i've gotten to meet some of the best amateur voice actors i've ever had the privilege of calling friends and associates i've gotten to like be involved with great projects and it's it's been really kind of thrilling because i i, I started off doing this little loop on parody series and then i was like hey guys what are we uh, stepping up a notch and yeah holy hell I can't believe how many people are watching the show. It's scary. You know, it, it's it's just been so fun to, like, meet all these people and, you know, get a whole entire season out. I mean, it, it was it, ten, well, t technically 10 episodes, but let's just call it 12, you know, three-part ending. I, I just couldn't believe we got the entire thing out. Excellent. So I've talked to you before, and I, I've known you a little bit in the past. We talked about this. I embarrassed you a little bit a year ago. Uh, I had seen <laughs> some of your trailers and AMV work before. So I'm going to throw you to the side and talk to Masako, Lawrence here, for a little bit. I think I've only spoken to you maybe once or twice just on AIM before, and I've been aching to get you on the show because, personally, I feel you have a very different role. The way I see it, anyway, is a very different role in the series from a lot of the other voices and just the way things are portrayed. You play Goku, who is so different from the other characters and the other voices. Uh, I see a lot of them as almost caricatures of the Funimation dub voices. Your portrayal of Goku is entirely different. It's almost a take, as you get your name from, I'm assuming, on Masako Nozawa's original performance of Goku, where it's this somewhat stupid but lovable Goku character, which is the Goku I know. So I'd like to get a little bit of an introduction since you've never been on the show before. How did you come to this voice and get involved with playing him this way? Well, thank you. I kind of appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, um, it was um, I kind of started off um, 
being um I, as you said you know i got the name from musk and the czar i mean i thought that she's fantastic and one of the most unique voices i've ever heard in voice acting period i basically um started off doing you know goku in the uh so i've I'd always wanted to do goku you know he was one of the characters i really would love to portray and uh we did the um, abridged movies as a neighborhood clock, you know, with me, Vegeta, 3986, right, and Lanny. Right, right, I remember this. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, just, they just picked me for Goku and said, hey, Moscow, you want to do Goku? I said, yeah, all right. And I just gave it a go and I thought, okay, this is sweet. I'm liking this. And it's like, it was really good fun to just play off Lanny as Piccolo. And um, basically, when it comes to the voice, since I know that the... Uh, I think there was a video on YouTube that's like the, the many English voice talents of Goku, and there's like about at least six. Right. And all of them great, but it does give a good idea about what they are. I mean, YouTube it, you'll find it. Basically, um, it's I kind of I do like Sean Shemmel. I would love to meet Sean Shemmel, and I'd love to do a Kamehameha with him. But basically, uh, my primary influence on my Goku voice. It's not Sean Shell. It's not Ian Colette. It's Peter Kalimas. I, I really uh, guessed that. I, I didn't guess it. I thought it was very Ian Corlett-ish. But I, I honestly don't remember um, Peter's hmm. take on it. Well, tell me about that then. Why did you go for this voice of Goku, who honestly was only there, I think, from dub episode 35 to 53, and then uh, the dubs over the first three movies. He wasn't there all that long. But for a lot of fans from that era, he left a very big impression on them. So tell me about it. Well, obviously, there's a little bit of everyone, really. I mean, there's, yeah, there's some interpretations of Nazawa and Corlett's in there a fair bit. But Kalimus is kind of, it's kind of the um, uh, actual kind of enunciation of the character. Because I noticed that he has a really kind of uh, emphasized R sounds and kind of, you know, more Americanized than usual. And uh, so it's kind of picked up like that. So I kind of just uh, pitch it up a little bit and uh, just kind of add a little more, more goofiness to it. And uh, yeah, it just kind of builds on Kalimus. So it, it starts off there and then I kind of add my own bits to it, taking in other English voice um, versions of Goku into account. So I try and get uh, the best of all worlds, but Peter's like my main influence. I'd actually like to pull it back a little bit. I have a couple statistics for you guys. I went over to your YouTube channel. You have over 80,000 subscribers and you're closing in on 4 million channel views. Response. I don't uh, know what to do. <laughs> our, our channel views could take on Freezer? <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. It's gotten to the point where I feel like if we make a bad video, we may die. Yeah, you're doomed. <laughs> it's all over. Torches and pitchforks. Scott, when you were on a year ago, we talked a little bit about the writing process, and you've given us a little insight here. You know, you have a couple of cohorts you work with, everyone tosses things back and forth, you try to agree with each other on things. So what I'd like to do now that we have an entire season behind all of us here, us on the viewing end and you guys on the creation end, is dig in a little bit. I think by this point, anyone who's listening to our show has been keeping up with the bridge, so we can reference certain things, and I'm fairly sure they're going to know what we're talking about. And I know we're going to have a couple other guys on the show in the very near future, so things may cross over in the discussion. But Napa was such a huge part of this season. As one of the main writers, I want to throw this over to you. He was such a huge fan favorite. Is there any pressure to deliver now that he's gone? Really, we're going to use the characters um, to the best way that they they're fit, and we're go we're definitely going to write the best we can around the material we're given, and make sure that every character really comes into their own. I don't 
particularly believe we need Napa to the extent where with the sh- without him, the show is, you know, not as good as we want it to be. I, I, th- I think we can definitely make the show entertaining, enjoyable, without the character being in the spotlight like he was for that later part, of, like last part of that season. Right. He, he, you know, he was a huge driving force, but uh, we've got Frieza coming up. Um, uh, if you've, you've seen a little bit of Guru. Right, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's only going to get, uh, you know, we, we've got other characters we know are going, uh, we are going to try our damnedest to make funny. So, uh, there, there's always a bit of pressure from fans to do one thing or another. So we're going to definitely handle it, you know, as as professionally as possible. <laughs> Some of the things I've seen have been who's going to take over Nappa's role, not in terms of a voice, but in terms of a character used within the parody. So is there plans to have a certain character kind of be the butt end of jokes or would that be too close to repeating something you've already done? Do you have any idea? Um, basically, as as far as replacing the character goes, um, Goku kind of takes that role. Yeah, towards the end of that season, he certainly did. Yeah, mm. um, but Goku has an added dynamic of the fact that not only is he kind of, well, brick dumb, but he's also stronger than Vegeta. Right. And so they've got, the, they're, they're going to have a dynamic of, you're an idiot, but you're better than me. This is not okay! And that we're we're going to try and um, build that as much as possible, but also as I said, Guru's definitely going to uh, pl- kind of play the role as because there's always everyone knows that in the show there's you know the big laugh guy, the one that you know always has the most colorful dialogue, and we're we're going to we're going to try and give that to a couple of main key players. It's it's hard to say without going into you know really big detail. I'm, I'm being kind of vague on it. No, that's perfectly fine. You're allowed to do that because you have an entire new season coming for us. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, as as I said, look forward to characters like Ginyu, the uh, the uh, uh, Guru, the Ginyu Force is going to be uh, particularly entertaining. Um, Frieza himself, we're very excited to kind of unleash in the world because I will say this: he's not he's not a one note character, but he does have a personality which we're very excited to kind of go into. I want to stick with Frieza for a second because as I was talking about earlier, the role of Goku is so different from everyone else. With I call him the caricatures of Funimation voices as someone coming from. No, the fan base of the Japanese version of the show, I'm somewhat terrified to see where you're going to go with Frieza. Do you have any insight? Is something you want to share with people? Let me first off say that I love Ryusei Nakao. I adore him to death. Every time I hear the Frieza voice, I'm in heaven because that man is smoother than, than <laughs> liquid true. gold. So, it, it, you know, for me... I always despised Frieza's English voices. I'm like, what are you people doing? This is this is not okay. My my poor Frieza's been turned into a transvestite. <laughs> Very old transvestite, for that matter. And so, um, basically, I was like, uh, uh, but uh, it gets down to the fact that which voice is really funnier to parody? True, true. And so, um, basically, when it comes down to it, it's going to primarily be a parody of Linda Young's performance. Although, I will say, there, um, we're kind of going over the voice a little bit, and there may be a change. Um, this uh, this isn't particularly confirmed, but uh, the change wouldn't affect the character so much as it would be his delivery. So we're kind of we're kind of looking into that at the moment. So it it, it could it could primarily be Linda Young, but it, I, I guess I will say there's a possible chance that it could be something newer altogether. Right. Okay. It's all about going with what's really the funniest, and basically, as much as I love Ryu Senakao, a parody of him wouldn't exactly translate well uh, in, into the show. 
it, it's kind of, you know it's kind of why we have the Chris Sabat Piccolo and the Chris Sabat Vegeta. Right, right. I, and, I can uh, respect that as an answer. When you say it comes down to what's funniest for the audience, that's good to hear because. I mean, I know you guys are seriously hardcore fans because I see and hear some of the things you do, but you know who your audience is, and I know who your audience is too, and let's be honest, if you're doing an English parody of Dragon Ball Z, the vast majority of that audience is going to be fans of Funimation's version, right? Yeah, primarily. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is the only, only reason we use the H word. <laughs> oh, wonderful. So I have that to look yeah. forward to. Actually, yeah, I have a question uh, about something that happens in the series. I'm the newbie coming into this i haven't uh, seen anything with frieza in the english dubs um when he transforms does he change voice actors or, or voice styles or is it pretty much the same voice uh throughout his different Are you characters asking funimation's dub or what they're going to do in the bridge well just like funimation's dub for right now well in funimation's dub things have changed see this is the weird thing things have changed in their remastered box sets there were filters on some characters and i don't i stopped it season two and I didn't watch the dub anyway but from what I understand they removed some of the filters on some of the characters it is the same voice actress who plays Frieza throughout his transformations but the delivery does differ and the voice does differ yeah not I would agree with that yeah not to mention in his second form they pitched down Linda Young's voice right uh, to make you know and I remember when we first heard that it's like keep that one keep that one <laughs> That one is so much better. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he does, he, in his third form, he had a kind of like a little bit of a filter over his voice. Right. And then in the final form, it was just, you know, Linda Young acting tough. Well, then that, I think, perfectly segues into bringing it back over to Goku because we're talking about Funimation fans and being familiar with those voices. Are there any kinds of certain criticisms or praises from that fan base, Lawrence, that you've received on your portrayal of Goku? Well, uh, <laughs> I actually saw the other day that, um, that they heard that some people consider me the best English Goku that they've ever heard, and that was just like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it's like... I don't want to blow my own trumpet here, but that's pretty awesome. Right. <laughs> no, it's just, I aim to please all the fan bases. You know, it's kind of have a little bit of everything. Most of the comments I've received have been good. In fact, some have been great. Some that have been, you know, pretty honest, and I do appreciate that, is that with my, with my voice as Goku, it might not translate that well when it comes to serious voices, or they're thinking, okay, it's going to be interesting with how you know Masco um, portrays a serious Goku or a more serious Goku, like when he gets to close to you know, becoming Super Saiyan or you know something like that. It's just, um, yeah. He, I mean, I've I've done also Goku for a couple of other you know fan dubs to kind of you know, practice, and um, yeah, I can do it, but. Yeah, it's going to take a bit of time just to kind of get my my eye in when it comes to doing a serious, more serious Goku. I mean, episode 10 kind of gave you a glimpse about what I would do, but it's still early days. Actually, there's something I got to ask on that point. Um, do you feel that the way that he's usually portrayed, because I've, I've heard his voices in the Japanese version in the English dub, I absolutely, I just have to say first, I love your Goku. I really love how his, uh, how his voice sounds and how his overall attitude is portrayed through how he sounds. I think it, it really comes across great. And uh, nice. I can totally understand with a lot of people saying that it's probably the best voice they've heard. I mean, I, I could see myself saying that too. But the reason why I think that as well is because in the context of how he is in the series, it's not that different from how he's portrayed in the parody. So I think in a way, it's kind of like the voice that you're giving is more 
beneficial to his character than even the actual series is. You're saying inadvertently by doing a parody, the portrayal of Goku ends up being Goku more so than what Funimation does to the series. Yeah, from what I'm seeing in the manga, like the lighter parts of Goku's character, that it, that's the voice that I can imagine. Whereas when it gets into the, I mean, uh, we haven't really gotten to much of the fighting, like the, the fighting voice in the series anyway. So, I mean, that's that's got to be different and, and certainly a challenge when it comes up. But uh, certainly in those playful moments, it's it's like exactly what I would picture for that character. Interesting. Oh, that's good. But um, I suppose the reason why it might be like that is because, oh, you know, Funimation, you know, the English dub, they kind of like got to give go uh, have Goku have some kind of interpretation of being the hero. So there's got to be some heroism in his voice, you know, that's quite obvious. I mean, in in, in um, for English audiences, they say, you know, how, who who's going to take seriously a guy that sounds like a bit like a doofus? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there can be some innocent goofiness. It's like, uh, you know, uh, but it, it can't be built on that entirely, I think. There has to be, like, some, like, people can, like, say, oh, okay, Goku is the true hero, you know, he, in the sense of the word that all audiences could understand. Whenever I think about hero Goku, how Funimation heroized him, it always comes back to that really cheesy Hope of the Universe speech. Right, right. Hey, I like that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of memorable, but it's, it's not very, it's not very Goku. It's, it's very out of character for him to just go on this long rant about or this uh, long, you know, speech about how he's protector of people. Still, it's never it's, really about being a hero for him, is it? It's you know, protecting his friends and such. And we've talked about this a lot. How Goku is just this entirely naive, selfish person. Everything he does is for his own personal gratification. And I think we do get a bit of this in the parody, but there yeah. is that nice side to him too. I actually want to turn it back to something that Jeff, you were talking about, and they were talking about as well, where it's the serious side of the characters. Something that I noticed, and I'm not sure if it was intentional, I'd like a little insight on it, is as you came towards the end of what you guys call your first season, is it just because the underlying footage is more serious than what came earlier? But at times, it felt more like a legitimate dub of DBZ than it did DBZ abridged, haha, this is so funny. But at the same time, they're you know perfectly packaged jokes. I- am I reading it differently than what you guys are putting it out to be? Well, here's here's the little thing, and this is a good way to really represent uh, how we went about it. We're huge fans of the Venture Brothers. Nice. And if you'll notice, the Venture Brothers always has a habit of getting way too badass or too epic or dramatic for its own damn good, but you enjoy it so much because there's always the underlying comedy that's really kind of just keeping you really hyped up and really, really into it. Like, all the characters are, you know, are just whacked, but yet there are these moments of, uh, you know, epic action or, you know, drama that really gets you captivated with the characters. And when we go about it, uh, now I'm not saying that we're as good as Venture Brothers, but we follow, the, we try to follow that same model of, okay, comedy, 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 and then drama, 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 comedy, action, comedy, drama, drama, action, comedy, and try and fit as much as we can into that. I don't know if we necessarily succeed. I ho- we hope we do. We never like to say, oh yeah, we're doing so well, but we're trying our best to make sure that we're balancing out this, like with the Kamehameha. That was, you know, that's one of our biggest scenes. Uh, I actually had to look up the original uh, music that was playing during that scene. I noticed. Uh, <laughs> uh, I see, you know, I, I, you know, really went balls to the wall with the sound effects on the sound effects on that. And we gave, you know, both Masako and Lanny poured their hearts into that performance. Say goodbye to your planet, Kakarot! Well, that's not very nice. Of course not! I'm f- 
fucking evil! Garlic John! Ooh, did he say garlic? Oh, ah! man! Come Right after that, you know, it's Vegeta yelling fuck as he's being sent into the atmosphere. Right. I'm waiting, I, w- I waited a year to do that scene. <laughs> he really did. He was he was kind of upset when I got rid of the Kamehameha in the first episode. And so I'm like, like, don't worry, you have the Kamehameha. I didn't Goku even think about that. Scene. You're playing Goku and you're like, when the hell do I get to say the signature attack name? And it took a year. Yeah, I mean, it it. it uh, I ha- I did have a joke for the uh, Kamehameha, and that was seen as the deleted scene, um, one of the deleted scenes that we did. Yeah, the Kamehameha, come on. <laughs> so, yeah, it kind of went like that. Yeah. yeah, so you guys are in- entirely legitimate in thinking that, yes, we did get a lot more dramatic, and there were there was a bit of straight dubbing going on, although we tried never to actually look at the script and then go from there. It was basically our interpretation of each scene to build up for a joke. I, I want to pull it back to feedback for a little bit. Uh, I've mentioned quite a few times on this here podcast how I feel about YouTube and specifically its comments. And if you listen to a number of podcasts, you hear the same thing, where YouTube comments are basically scourge of the earth. I mean, it's just <laughs> an, ab- an abomination one. of horrible, horrible things. Yet, when I look at the responses to your videos, it's almost all overwhelmingly splooging. <laughs> am, am, I just, am I just missing the mean words? That's one way to put it, Mike. <laughs> um, well, if you, if you were to go through view all comments, you'd find some, you know, ones like rated at negative nine. Um, usually, I do have a, ha- a habit of uh, blocking the really, really bad ones, oh, the yeah. ones that are basically just saying, you know, fuck you guys, you're all gay, faggots, and right, right. stuff like that. Oh, I do like, the same thing. Yeah, I'm with you. It's like, you know, I could just leave you alone, but then you're going to, you know, spam my page. And I could just press block and take care of that right now. So, later. And for any negative criticism we have, you know, we, we welcome anyone who's got an intelligent view on what we're doing. If somebody says something intelligent, they can, uh, you know, it can be negative or positive. We don't care as long as it's written well. But if it's going to be some really bad, you know, spammy comment, it usually either gets removed and, uh, you know, in, in, if they're really abusive, uh, really abusive about it, then it gets blocked. You know, you're asking it's, for a lot, right? Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Which is why I usually don't. I, I could spend an entire two hours going through our comments trying to find that stuff. So usually, usually when the you know first wave comes up, I'm like, OK, let's just, you know, right. uh, kind of tidy up a little bit. And yeah, I'm not coming back to this. <laughs> Something I, I'd love to discuss with you because. I don't know. I mean, Jeff, you have some videos up on YouTube. Mary, you have some videos up on YouTube. I don't know that you guys actively watch things and maybe trends as much as um, Scott and Lawrence here do. I find this absolutely enthralling how what people seem to do on YouTube to say that they liked something, they'll basically write one or two lines verbatim from the script. Yep. And that's their oh, yeah. comment. And I'm going to be really honest. 
That doesn't bother me too much. Oh, no, I don't, I don't think it, it's a good or a bad thing. I, I just find this absolutely interesting that that seems to be the commonly accepted way to respond on YouTube to say that you liked something is just to write its script. Yeah. And it's in the tradition of Monty Python, I think. I oh, okay. Agree. <laughs> I agree. Quoting from there or something. You know, I, yeah, yeah, very much. Everybody ah, I, I get it. it it's like Python. quoting. Like, you're oh, not yeah. there in front of them. It's your way of doing the quote train. Mike, I would do this yeah. to you after watching an episode. Oh, Except this is on the internet where people have no friends. So where else are they going to do it? I'm just now making this connection. (laughs) I mean, it's like saying, you know, in text text version, uh, like, I like this quote so much, I'm going to write it down to show that I like it. Okay, I, I follow now. Like I said, I, I neither like nor dislike it. I, I just found it very, very interesting. How that just seems to be this collective intelligence behind YouTube comments, almost. Very, very weird. And, and I will say, uh, to oh, also, also to touch on the last one real quick, I am very happy that we get so many, you know, positive comments. It, it is, it really helps when you, you know, had three days in a row of editing to see all these people really enjoy it. I mean, I, I really appreciate those comments. Oh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, it doesn't matter what the volume is. Every single little individual just hey guys I liked it I I mean I know what that's like just getting that one little comment is always going to make someone's day whether or not they believe that they're doing that to content producers it does make a difference yeah and so like you know luckily we do have a very positive we've got a very big fan base and that's you know that's that's an awesome responsibility kind of it's crazy I'm actually quite jealous of what you guys have been able to accomplish (laughs) in the last year uh that's uh well, I, I I have no idea to respond to that. And <laughs> like you know, anyone, and it, it's really interesting because the guy who started all this, uh, Little Karibo, right. who made that first Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, w- you know, we we got to talk to him more, and you know, he's like, and honestly, we we far, we think he's far away, kind of the better man out of everything. But you know, un- unfortunately, his account got pulled, but he's been breaking those subscribers back up, and we're just like, you know, you deserve them far more than we do. Right. <laughs> like you started all of this, you know. Yeah, it, it's really kind of mind blowing the, the the way that people kind of flock to it. There's no there's no real po- way a way to respond to it that is entirely modest and truthful. Because at one point it's like we want to say, oh, we're not very good, but we, we want to have pride in our work. So we're just kind of sh- sitting here going, thank you guys. We're just gonna <laughs> right. you know, wave and thank right. you. <laughs> No, it's getting late over in the UK, so I don't want to hold you too much longer. We are going to have some more of you guys on the show in the future, but I do have a couple last things I want to get out there. I mean, there's so much we could talk about, but I do want to talk about the future a little bit. We do have Otakon coming up next month. Is there something going on? Um, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I kind of dropped the ball a little bit on that one. Um, but uh, hopefully Scott uh, Scott Melzer said he, you know, really helped us out on that one. Um, he gave us, you know, a heads up saying, you know, it's okay if you get it in late. Just get it in, and we'll, you know, put. Uh, we think that there may be a couple episodes showing uh, right before the actual fan parody thing. Okay. Their their whole uh, uh, video parody setup. So I hope I hope that works out because that would be really exciting. We we always love our stuff being shown in front of a live audience, which is why we were so happy to do the AWA thing. Oh, excellent! Thank you so much for that. Oh, that was that was a ball. Trust us. <laughs> we were like we we were rushing to get it done, but we were like, yes, we. Got make a bunch of anime jokes because we don't like to make those in the right. <laughs> and I know I've talked to you guys about this before but going back to YouTube comments despite there being text at the beginning of the video in addition to the description of the video the number of comments that say what is this about who are these people just astonishing to me yeah people 
you know, which is funny because they're on the internet, which is basically all text. <laughs> I mean, there's pictures, <laughs> but you can. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you think people's literacy would be, you know, really top notch. I mean, you've got to read to be on it. Well, no, yeah, there's pictures. So, yeah. I, I, I blame the fact oh, that we're dear. becoming far more of a visual medium. Back in the day when it used to be text and you'd have dial up, so you couldn't have, couldn't have so many goddamn pictures. That's right. Mom, what does this those... word say? Roddy. <laughs> oh, yeah, you had all those dot alt forums. You couldn't pull this, you know, bullshit. That's right. But... All right, well, I want to wrap it up with one final question. And I, we've gotten a little bit of this. You've told us, you know, we know who the characters are coming with and how they may be portrayed. Are there any hints you want to give us? about the upcoming season, whether it's style of jokes or who's going to sound like what. I don't even know what to ask. Are there any hints you want to give us? With, okay, with the Guinea Force, don't expect uh, too much of a uh, too much of a diversion from their uh, dub voices, except for uh, one, possibly two characters. Can one of them please be Raccoon? <laughs> uh, well, he's he's going to have, actually, the way we plan to do him is uh, Raccoon. See, this is the That's thing. It, it comes off very much as dub bashing from me. It was like, oh my god, the voice is so, so terrible. One, it is terrible. Two, if you try to do a parody of that dub voice directly straight up, I don't know how you do it without being offensive, so I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys pull out of your ass for that character. Uh, I will say the Guinea Force, every one of them is going to have a gimmick. Okay. Um, uh, and as, as much as we don't like to gimmick up characters too much, the Guinea Force is just dying for, uh, you know, every member is dying for one. Yeah. So I won't say what they are, I won't say exactly how they'll be portrayed, but all of them, all of them are going to be very, uh, very interpretive of their dub voices, except for one, except for, definitely for one, and possibly two. Okay. Um, uh, uh, for other uh, for other characters, um, there was one I was thinking of. Uh, Zarbon Zarbon's. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll flat out say he'll be uh, he'll be a, a Chris Sabin impersonation. Um, but we're going to be playing a little bit uh, a, a little not incredibly offensive with his relationship with Frieza. But it's it's going to be um, there's going to be a little bit of crude humor. I'll, I'll admit. In fact, this this season's going to have a little bit more crude humor as we get into um, n- nothing toilet humory. Right. But there are going to be words play jokes, which are going to be a little more, um, uh, risque. obvious. Yeah, risque. You know what? That's fine, because wordplay jokes are very much a Japanese style of doing things, so. Uh, let's see. Anything else uh, that we'd want to say? A lot more cameos. A lot more cameos. There are going to be, you know, we, we've kept it kind of closed lately, but as we have so many of Frieza soldiers and just cannon fodder to, you know, to die at Vegeta's hands, there, there are going to be a lot more people kind of guest starring on the show. Excellent. I'm looking forward to that. Well, then so. let me wrap it up by requesting a voice from the show. I, I have to turn it over to Lawrence because, honestly, I mean, it's cool talking to Scott, but whatever you're the most badass person on the internet right now if you ask me i i I don't care what it is you say but i would just like to have a conversation with a bridge goku if you don't mind well let's see what i can do um uh yeah go ahead shoot so how's the sex life with chi chi what life i'm confused i mean that's how involved um I mean, she takes her clothes off and stuff, and, uh, I mean, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, I take my clothes off, she takes her clothes off, it's like, we get in bed, and then somehow Gohan turned up, I mean, I don't get it, I mean, it's, it's, 
it's, it's always confused me. Dad, it's like, you, you know this thing. I mean, I can, I told you a thousand times. Like, Gohan, I'm trying to conduct an interview here. Be quiet, okay? So, sorry, Gohan was just over here. Yeah. Nah, he's a little bookworm. But anyway, um. You know what? I, I think you've answered the question as, as best as you possibly can. Well, that's good. <laughs> I like helping people. I like bacon. <laughs> We're a wreck over here, just so you know. <laughs> I just love how we decide to go all James Lipton and like actor studio. Like, can I please speak to the abridged Goku? <laughs> and to get it's like that, McBain. it's like McBain. It's like, yeah, let me get into character. <laughs> okay. okay, I am I'm McBain. <laughs> all right, now that I'm crying, we are officially ending. <laughs> this interview it was wonderful having you guys on the show and you know whether or not it's just to talk about abridged i would love to just have you guys pop on the show from time to time and just shoot the shit with us join the show that would be uh, fantastic I, I, I love listening to the show being part of it yeah that would be awesome excellent well i look forward to it who are we going to be speaking with in uh maybe next week maybe the week after i don't know we'll coordinate schedules who's coming up you tell me uh one mr takahata and lanny Pato. Excellent. We I know we had Lanny on a year ago, and he gets the grand distinction of being on a year to the date. That's uh, pretty impressive. And uh, you'll be talking to Takahata for the first time, who is a who's a treat. He's 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 a really nice guy, and he loves hamming it up. So and we're oh, yeah. we are going to have the voice of Napa. Oh yeah, <laughs> believe it. I'm frightened, so I'm gonna uh. leave it there. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and I absolutely can't wait to see season two of Abridged. Yeah, thank cool. you very much for having us. Thank you, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. It's back to just you and I, Mary. That's right. Closing out the show with some releases and some emails and contest stuff. Let's take the rest of June here. Only two things coming out. Uh, I'll let you take the first one. All right, we've got the super awesome Dragon Ball Kai ending theme song CD single, Yeah, Break, Care, Break, as performed by Takayoshi Tanimoto. There is a regular edition and a limited edition of this thing for your choosing, and you can find them over at CD Japan. There's only a, a $1 or 100 yen difference right. between the limited and um, regular edition. Comes also. with a card. Oh boy, a card worth <laughs> okay. $1. No, we're, we're giving away the Dragon Soul CD single this week, but when we get this in, we got two copies coming in. We'll be giving away the ending in a couple weeks as well. So yes. stay tuned More for that. More contests. Last release for June, also on the 24th, the French Kanzenban Dragon Ball Volume 3 from Grenat. Uh... 10.55 euros, though Amazon France still has a pre-order over for 10.02 right now. Those be the releases for the month, so with it done, let's turn it over to some emails. Mary, if you could please read the email here from Martin. Sure. Hello, Dyson X. I've been listening to your podcast since last year, and I've been watching Dragon Ball Z since it aired on Toonami. I've been trying to buy Dragon Ball Z for a long time, but I was always wondering if the DVD that came to America... That's what it says, sorry folks. If it has all 291 episodes, or do we just get the 276 episodes they show on TV? Up to today, I still don't know which one was cut off in America TV because I've been trying to see it. And if Funimation DVDs have all the episodes on it, if they don't, can you tell me where I can buy all the episodes? Thank you. I feel like we answer this question probably every couple months, but the reason I keep putting it in here is because, well, honestly, people keep asking us, and it's an important question. The number 276, with regards to the North American release of Dragon Ball, is now irrelevant, and that is a great 
thing. It's irrelevant in two ways, which is also a good thing. Tell me. What are the um, two ways? Well, the, the original single release uh, DVDs encompass all 291 episodes. And if it floats your boat, the Orange Bricks, um, the season box sets also cover all 291 episodes. So it's been quite a long time since we've had to deal with the facocted episode count. Right. And the reason this came about... It all stemmed from 1996 when Funimation started dubbing Z, and the first two seasons, as they were syndicated on American TV, they were cut down from episodes 67, 68 to 53 episodes worth of material. And when they started with season 3 in 99, they kept with the dub numbering, so season 3 started with episode 54. So even though the single releases from there on out contained completely uncut episodes, they covered the 291 episodes, but because there was some missing material in those first two seasons, they ended up getting to episode 276. Then they went back and started doing that Ultimate Uncut Edition, which did air in its entirety on Cartoon Network. Right, so you can get all of that in the single releases, well, and then when that stopped, you well, can... Well, they canceled the Ultimate Uncuts on DVD. Well, yeah, I understand that, okay. but didn't they stop at the point where you can go and then get the rest no, of the no, old no. single releases? they didn't even finish off the Saiyajin arc with the Ultimate Uncuts, because okay. they canceled that, then leaked the Vegeta Saga complete set. They said nothing for months. Then came the bricks to replace everything. Okay, so I was kind of wrong when I just said you can get all the single releases that encompass all 291 episodes. It's like you kind of can right, right. If, you, if you pick and choose from here and there, but the sets are going to be the least amount of guesswork. The stuff that you can buy in stock, in stores, the Orange Brick season sets, it's 1 through 291. Episodes begin and end in the exact same place per the original Japanese run. 276 is irrelevant now. Uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, we don't have problems with these releases, you know, the cropped widescreen and blah, 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 blah. But 291 is the correct number. We'll always have that from here on out from Funimation. You don't really need to worry about censored stuff. Everything they put out on DVD, I mean, they don't even do censored DVDs anymore. For a while, there was VHS with edited, unedited, and then DVDs of the movies. They were all completely uncut now. No problems. You should be completely good to buy whatever it is you want to buy. The only problem you're going to run into is if you're trying to complete all of DBZ in its original 4x3 aspect ratio with the Region 1 DVDs. So like I said, the Ultimate Uncut Edition was canceled mid-run after Volume 9, which got you up through Episode 27. So if you're trying to get Episodes 28 through 67, 68, wherever uh, Season 3 began, you can't get that 4x3. Okay, so I, I retract my statement about you can get the single releases that completely encompass all 291. That's that's not possible. It's sort of possible. Not uncut. Right, not uncut, not 4x3. That's the thing. If you want to get 16x9 cropped, you can get the season sets. It's confusing. I've done the best I can to lay out this information over in the DVD guide of our website, and I've moved some stuff around. I've tried to make it more engaging and more logical. I have this delusion that Funimation does this just to mess with my DVD guide, which I don't honestly mean, but it's kind of funny to think that from time to time. But uh, read through it, see if you can learn anything. If there are any mistakes, let me know. But I think it's pretty good. It's actually the only email we're going to read this week. We had a lot of stuff going on. But Mary, yes. if people want to send us emails, where can that go to? Send your emails on over to podcast at com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. There are other ways to contact us, though. Yes, I thanks to up- the wonders of the internets and I that Web 2.0 BS. We've had some 
stuff for a while, but we haven't done a lot with it. But I'm finally putting some things out there. Really bad at shameless self-promotion. I know. Over on the right hand of the homepage, you'll see our little social networking buttons. If you want to hang out with us, we do have a Facebook fan page. We're already at like 50 people over there. I'm putting up random images, just some updates here and there, uh, comments. If you want to hang out and chat with us over on Facebook, so be it. We also have our chat room that you can check out. Over chat room? How antiquated. <laughs> I know. IRC. It's craziness. With the Type in commands. And finally, there is also the Twitter, which I've mentioned in the past. I'm over there as VegitoEx. Finally got Julian to sign up. He's there as Saya Jedi, which is the hand that he uses. I also did DizyX. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. Mostly just wanted to have it for the sake of having that name on Twitter. So I don't have to post about DizyX stuff on Vegito EX. But I still do. As I build up the follower base, I don't know. I'll decide what to do in the future. I'm on there as Mary T.O.T. as well if you want to follow me. I don't say much though. <laughs> Fair enough. So with the contact stuff out of the way, why don't we give away a CD single? It feels like forever ago that we reviewed the Dragon Soul CD single. Kai has been on for months now. We're giving it away. It's fascinating. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> so we've got the limited edition version of Dragon Soul, so it comes with a card. It also came with the first pressing bonus of the poster. Uh, I've had a picture up on the contest page itself, but I'll take a new picture that shows it in its frame so you can see it in its full unrolled glory. We're going to do a random drawing right now, picking an integer from one through the maximum number of entries, and the winner is... Let's throw in a drum roll. Number 78. Let's find out who 78 is. And the winner of the Dragon Soul CD single and poster is Stephen Cutts. Congratulations. Woohoo! Free swag! I will be in touch with you to send off your CD and poster. I don't know how I'm going to package this with the CD and a poster together. Maybe I'll have to go out in two separate packages. Not entirely sure. Oh, too bad we didn't save the package that um, CD Japan sent. Oh, yeah. That was a really big box. Oh, we might. It might still be in our garage. It might be. Let's recycle. Box. <laughs> it's the green thing. The do, man. That's right. Totally hip. Congrats, Stephen. Uh, like I said, I'll be in touch. We'll get this shiz out to you as soon as we can. So for those of you still waiting to win stuff, I mean, we gave away the super exciting guys. We gave away Dragon Soul coming up in the near future. Giving away the Yabare Kabare CD single. Yeah, break, care, break. There you go. That's the episode. We're awesome. Done. Mary? Yeah. Great having you as always. It's a pleasure to episode be here. Episode 180, closing in on the big 200. Got any plans? You got 20 episodes to think of something. <laughs> yeah, I know. Another clip show. <laughs> no, I'm never doing that again. That took years off my life. Oh, God, no. <laughs> so next week, I think we're going to try to swing more Team Four Star interviews. We're going to have the voice of Napa, I I think we may have to play a very very special song next week yes so i very much look forward to that lots of great stuff coming up on daizen shui x uh mary you want to plug anything um i don't know if my site's still up no. how pathetic is that no it exists in the ether of the internet no nothing's oh, okay. pointing to it um, yet though then i do not think i have anything to plug excellent thank you have a great week you too <laughs> bye chap so uh myself and julian you can find us at daizen shui x www.daizex.com everything you need to know is there on the homepage link to the podcast link to all the contact stuff we will check in next week for 181. Until then, for Mary and Julian, and sometimes Jeff, and those awesome Team Four Star people, my name's Mike Vegito EX. Check in next week. Thank you for listening to Dai Zenshu EX, the podcast. We'll see you next time. 